The Old Testament reading is from Isaiah, the 12th chapter. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away, that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We stand out of respect for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 15th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And as I mentioned at the beginning, this, uh, this text will also serve as the basis for the sermon this morning. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying... This man receives sinners and eats with them. And so Jesus told them this parable. He said, There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had, and he took a journey to a far away country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. And so he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose, and he came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. 
And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son, my son, was dead, and he is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now this older son was in the field. And as he came, he drew near to the house, and he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came who had devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this brother was dead. Your brother was dead and is now alive. He was lost, and now he is found. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. How are you guys doing this morning? Are you enjoying your vacation? How about you, Giz? Are you enjoying the vacation? I most certainly am, Pastor. That's great. Now, Giz and I have been working on a, on a uh, skit this week. Would you like to do it, Giz? I sure would, Pastor. Would you guys like to see it? Okay. Okay, kind of relates to the, to the gospel lesson that we just heard read just a moment ago. You ready, Giz? I sure am. Okay, Giz, you go. Father, I've sinned against heaven and earth, and I'm not worthy to be called your child. That's what the prodigal said, isn't it? That's what that wandering boy said. He said that to his father. Father, I've sinned against heaven and earth, and I'm not worthy to be called your son. Yeah, he wasn't worthy to be called a son. He was right. I mean, that, that young boy went to his dad and he said, Dad, I don't want to live with you anymore. I want all, of your, all the wealth that you're going to give to me when you die, I want it now so I can go do my own thing. Father, I've sinned against heaven and earth. I've sinned against you, and I'm not worthy to be your son. That's what the prodigal said, isn't it? I mean, what did he do with that money? Do you remember? He took that money, and he went to another country, and he spent it, didn't he? Did you hear how he spent it? He spent it recklessly. He spent it on, you know, uh, drinking too much booze. He spent it just, like, really without giving any thought. And soon, what happened? He didn't have any money. And guess what happened? All of his friends... They went away too. Father, I've sinned against heaven and earth. I'm not worthy to be your son. (laughs) That's what he said, didn't he? And he really wasn't worthy to be his son because he squandered all of the wealth that his father had given to him. And, And then what happened? When he had no more money left, where did he end up? He ended up in a pigsty. Do you know what a pigsty is? That's where pigs live. 
Can you imagine this? Having to live amongst the pigs. And not only that, but the pigs got to eat food that he couldn't even eat because the pigs were of more value to the owner than this, than this boy was. Father, I've sinned against heaven and earth. I've sinned against you. I'm not worthy to be your son. <laughs> that's true. And that's what came to the boy's mind when he was sitting in that pigsty. He suddenly remembered, you know what? The slaves have, have it even better in my father's household than I have it. If I go back to my dad and I say, Dad, just take me back, not as your son, but take me back as your slave. At least I'll be treated better. And so what did the boy do? He wasn't really a boy. He was a young man. You know what this young man did? He went back to his father. He ran back to his father. He, he went back to his father and he said, Father, I've sinned against you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And that's right. He wasn't worthy to be called his son. But do you remember how the father reacted? What did the father do? Even as, as the young man said this, the father took that boy in his arms. Well, first he ran out to the boy, his young son. He ran out to him, and then he hugged him, and he smothered him with kisses, and he said, let's have a party. <laughs> Don't you like having parties? Let's have a party. Let's kill the, the goat. Let's have a celebration. Let's rejoice because this son who was lost is found. He who was once dead is now alive. Father, I've sinned against you and against heaven. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Well, that's not totally true because you see the father's love was so great for his son that he said to his son, I forgive you. That's why he threw the party, because he was so thankful that his son had returned. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no, no longer worthy to be called your son. That's true for us too, isn't it? Yeah, it's even true for me. Am I really worthy to be called his son? Are any of us worthy to be called his son or daughter? No. But guess what? Guess what? God still loves us. God loves us so much. He's the father of this parable. He loves us so much that he, when we come back to him, he says, I love you, man. I love you, woman. I love you, child. You're my son. You were once lost, but now you're found. You were once dead, but now you're alive. Let's party. And you know what, Giz? What, Pastor? It's a party that lasts forever and ever, all the way into eternity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, like the prodigal son, confess that we are not worthy to be a child in your family. For we disobey you each and every day. And yet, O oh Lord, you continue to love us. You continue to call out to us. You continue to invite us to be a part of your family. In fact, you've made us a member of your family. And today we know that we are forgiven and loved by you. Lord, thank you. Thank you for embracing us with your love, for hugging us each day, for, yes, even throwing a party for us, celebrating that we are your people today, tomorrow, and forever. And Lord, we pray that many more people who are like the prodigal son would come back to you, that they would see you as the loving father that you are, 
and that they too would live in your love each and every day of their lives. We pray this all in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you very much for coming forward, and we'll see you next week. Okay? Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's message is the gospel lesson, the parable of the prodigal son. I'm not going to read it all to you at this time, but I do want to highlight these words from that parable. Jesus said, But while he, the prodigal son, was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. This is our text. In the name of Jesus, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Joseph Grassi writes, God's ways are so mysterious and unusual that they provoke laughter from human beings. Biblical belief concerns the impossible from a human standpoint, something laughable and ridiculous. Those words resonated with me as I was studying this parable of the prodigal son. I mean, one can hardly read this parable without laughing. The attention is usually focused on one of the two sons, but the real character in the story is the father. The father is laughable. The father is ridiculous. His decisions and behaviors border on insanity. But then why should we be surprised? After all, the father in this parable simply reflects our heavenly father. The son comes, the youngest son comes and to his father, he makes an outrageous request. Father, he says, give me my share of the estate. He might as well have said to his dad, you know what, dad, I despise you. I don't like living under your roof by your rules. I really wish you were dead. Just give me my inheritance. <laughs> if your child were to make a similar request of you, what would you do? <laughs> Would you maybe look at him and say, what do you think I am, crazy? Might you slap him across the face because you're offended by the way that he's speaking to you? Would you utter threats back at him? Would you delete his name from the will? Well, not this father. This father in this parable grants his father's request. The property is liquidated at bargain basement prices. He transfers the money to his youngest son's account. And oh, the folly, the absurdity, the senselessness, the irrationality of the father's actions. I mean, what father in his right mind would entrust such treasure into the hands of a disobedient, self-absorbed child? Well, this father does. Doesn't he realize? Doesn't he realize what this irresponsible son will do with this wealth? Well, no doubt he does. But this father also realizes that loving someone sometimes means that you've got to let them go. You've got to let them go, even if they're going to do things that are hurtful to them. And so what does this father do? He lets go. He lets go of his son. And the son, well, he does what's expected of him. 
he squanders the wealth on wild living. He chooses an extravagant, reckless course for life. And eventually, when his money dries up, so do all of his friends, and he hits rock bottom, and he is worth less than the pigs that he's hired to, to feed. Jesus says, when this youngest son came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. There's nothing like a dose of harsh reality to make a person come to his senses. And oh, that prodigals would come to their senses and realize how good they had it and can have it in their father's home. Now, how would you respond if your wayward child were to return home? A son who had once wished you dead. A son who had squandered the inheritance on reckless living. A son who had brought shame to the family name. A scolding might be in order, wouldn't you agree? And I told you so might be uttered. One might sentence him to a lifelong task of slavery, of hard labor. And one might even be justified to look into that son's eye and say, you know what? You rejected me. You're no longer my son. But not this father. Not this father. This father, he's waiting, isn't he? He's praying for his son to come to his senses. He's watching the horizon to see his son return. And when he does see his son on the horizon, his heart overflows with compassion. Yes, compassion for this son who once wished he were dead. And he runs. He runs to the son. And how embarrassing is that? An honorable man running, pulling up his robe past his, his waist so that he could run even faster. I mean, what honorable man does something like that? And then when he gets to his son, he hugs his son and he smothers his son with kisses and he forgives and he restores and he says, let's have a party. Quick, he says, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead. He was dead, but now he's alive. He was lost, but now he's found. And you see, that's what you do. That's what you do when the lost are found and the dead are made alive. You celebrate. All the angels in heaven rejoice when one sinner repents. The father's behavior, though, is really ridiculous. It's ludicrous. It's insane. But it's complete and total grace. Undeserved, unmerited, a gift from this father to his child, a gift that is far more precious than any inheritance of money. What father behaves this way? This father does. Now one would think that the return of the lost brother would be celebrated by a sibling, but no. Instead, the elder brother 
he stews and he pouts. He throws his own pity party outside. The elder son really is no better than the prodigal brother. Resentment embitters his heart toward his father. Jealousy clouds his judgment. Discontent that's been smoldering for years erupts. And he says to his father, all these years I've been slaving for you and I've never disobeyed your orders and you never gave me a party. You never killed the fatted calf for me. Wah, wah, wah. Get out the violins, right? But what is the response of the father to this rude outburst by the eldest son? How would you react if your son, or your child, I mean, behaved this way and talked with you in this tone and in this manner? Wouldn't you possibly respond to that person with some choice words? Might you say, don't you dare talk with me like that or I will wash your mouth out with soap? Or might you shout, stay out here and wallow in your pity party if you want and then slam the door and go back into the party? I think that's how many of us react. But not this father. Not this father. He leaves the festivities to find his brooding son. And he doesn't scold his son, but he pleads with him to join the party. Despite being the object of his son's rudeness and his resentment, the father's love and compassion moves him to look to at his eldest son and he says, my son, my child. Those are terms of endearment, aren't they? My son, my child, you are always with me, always. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate. It was necessary for us to celebrate and be glad because your brother, this brother of yours, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is now found. This father extends complete and total grace to his eldest son. You might think, how absurd. It's undeserved. It's unmerited. It's a gift far more precious than any inheritance of money. And how will this eldest son respond? We don't know. The parable never tells us how the eldest son responds. It just ends. But what we do know is that self-righteousness can inoculate us Again, seeing our sin and our need to repent. We do know that self-righteousness has a way of so embittering our heart that we brood and grumble about the lost being found and the blind being made to see. And meanwhile, we may lose our own way. The behavior of the Father really is laughable. It's ridiculous. It's even bordering on insanity. That is, until you are the beneficiary of the foolishness. Then it makes all the sense in the world. This man, said of Jesus, welcomes sinners and eats with them. This man, Jesus, can you believe it? Welcomes sinners and eats with them. I don't know about you, but I thank God that our Heavenly Father and our Savior 
is so insane that he eats with sinners. People like me. People like you. The prodigals. The self-righteous. He welcomes sinners and he eats with them. I mean, can you think of something more foolish than for Jesus, who had no sin, to assume our sin and its punishment so that we might be adopted as daughters and sons in his family, loved and forgiven by our Heavenly Father? One might say that such behavior is ludicrous, even bordering on insanity. Paul says something like that, too, when he wrote, For the message of the cross is foolishness. It's foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. It's our Father's undeserved, His unmerited love for you and for me. Are you the prodigal? Your Father's waiting with arms wide open. Are you the self-righteous? Your Father pleads with you. Recognize what you have as a daughter or son in the family of God and join in on the festivities of the blind being able to see and the lost being found. Are you in need of being like the Father? Maybe you need a little dose of insanity. G.K. Chesterton said, Let your religion be less of a theory and more of a love affair. Who in your life needs your selfless, devoted love? A sibling? A son or daughter? A friend? You might just be that person whom God is reaching through to that person to that prodigal, to that self-righteous, so that they too can come to know the love of their father. When you need a good laugh, I encourage you to open up the Bible to Luke 15. I encourage you to read this parable of the prodigal son. For in this parable you meet your father, you meet your savior, who are so filled with love and compassion for you that they will do the absurd. They will do the ludicrous. They will do even that which borders on insanity. Jesus will die for you. And that, my friends, is really worth celebrating. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.